Hey everyone, it's Kenny, aka Weezy Baby, back again with another episode of the Friends of Flavor podcast. Podcast about creating yourself with your friends while BSing along the way. Uh, today is the Crow Show, K R O, which is uh, our initials, um, which is mine and the Ross, <laughs> mine and the Ross, mine and Ross initials, mine and the wife, which was what I was gonna say. Um, so what do you call that the crow show K-R-O. crow yeah the bird but not the bird mm. we wear corn now it's crow go through thanksgiving first hate christmas just joking i love christmas why why do you love christmas and today's sip of the show is um i was trying to be festive so i wanted some whiskey really and uh some eggnog because it's just about that time of year um, normally I get the Southern Comfort one, um, the non-alcoholic one, and then I just add my own whiskey. But I was being whatever kind of healthy, and I got the um, almond milk nog, and it's a lot lighter, um, and it's not as thick. And I went with my favorite um, whiskey, um, the Jameson cask mates which is pretty good with it it's very light um but it also has the noggy taste and so i'm in the holiday spirit except for when my dogs irk my nerves while i'm trying to record a podcast rather than drinking root beer or as i like to say boot beer today i i initially wrote out this show in um October, kind of around Halloween, but things didn't work out. I couldn't get Roth on the show, um, so I changed it up a little bit, but it's still kind of the same topic. It was just uh, the, initial, the initial write-up was uh, it was all about tricks and treats because it was for Halloween, but now it's November, and we're thankful because it's Thanksgiving, and um, perhaps one of the biggest things that we can be thankful for and to celebrate is family, um, and that's something I've always been uh, grateful for um, around this time, and I love the holidays for that reason, because I enjoy cooking, and uh, that is like my labor of love, even though I dread waking up early and slaving all, all day, And I, but I, I do it out of love, and I, I hope you guys do appreciate that. I'm sure the kids do. Oh, just the kids? <laughs> you cook all the time so we appreciate it um and yeah so family's a big deal and we're surrounded by um new additions all over um babies your sister recently had a baby um your brother is going to have another baby and uh your best friend had a baby last year uh it was her birthday yesterday i believe 
Um, so babies galore. Mm-hmm. And Roth is super smitten by them. Um, she definitely loves her little niece and uh, little Layla, which is Christian and Mona's baby. She's still a niece. We yeah, call her that. We call her. She. We consider her niece. Um, and there, with with all the new babies and stuff, there's there's so many gadgets and um, methods of like raising a child now, and I can see it being like very overwhelming. And uh, I'm glad we didn't have to go through all of that. My big question, kind of, was uh, with this was for some reason, like ever since these babies have came into our lives, you've been like extra extra lovey or extra smitten and i don't think it's just like oh at first i was like man i hope she don't have baby fever because that's not happening but um but i guess guess it's like baby fever because you just like you're very all over them so like why why the super attachment to these babies i guess because um they came in a time in our life where we don't have babies anymore. You know, our baby is 14 and she's a girl with raging hormones. Mm-hmm. And um, we have our moments with her where she can be, you know, very, um, not necessarily attached to us, but wanting to do things with us, whether it's, you know, just running to Target or grocery store or, you know, going on vacations with us still. Um, whereas when they were little, even though like I love, you know, I love babies all around, but I mean, it's just, you just love them more when they're family, but you love them extra hard when you no longer have babies of your own. Mm-hmm. Um, when I felt like when all the other nieces and nephews were born, we were still raising our own kids and therefore like you're too busy like smitten with your own kids that you do love your nieces and nephews but you don't give them or I didn't give them that whole extra attention only for the fact that I'm still loving on my kids um now that my kids are older um I I mean they don't need my I guess care and attention like these new babies do um I mean, granted, Layla doesn't need anything from me because she has a wonderful mama. Um, but I'm I'm always glad to like take them for a second to give the mamas a break if that's what they need or you know don't mind doing. Um, it's easier for me to uh, attach myself to Leah only for the fact that she's my sister's baby, so it's kind of like my own baby, but not. And then um, pretty much probably treat her as her own more or less yeah i mean like she's probably i guess the third daughter or i guess technically the third kid because we were supposed to have three based on this necklace trick thing but um i I got fixed yes the pattern was always boy girl girl and we never had the second girl because when you got fixed after ellie and we'll never know to this day if that would have been true or not well that was my other trick-or-treat thing that was like, uh, if we did this in on Halloween, that was like, oh, and a trick that we almost got was we thought that Roth was pregnant because 
she missed her period for like two months or something like that. And really, no, I missed the month. You missed the month. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was like um, I think it was September. I missed the month of September. Yeah. So it was like eight weeks before I started. So I started on the second month, but I was late for pretty much almost two months. But it's te- but I came on the second month, so technically I was just one month late, I guess. Yeah. So initially it was like, oh, that was the trick, and we got tricked, and now now we're just thankful that we're <laughs> not um, pregnant. Uh, we're yeah, not pregnant. we had a lot of. Um, but we're also thankful for all these babies, and we love them. Um, our, with all the new gadgets and stuff, is there anything or any time where you like you see some of these gadgets and you're like, mm, that's kind of unnecessary? Um, I feel like that about a lot of the gadgets, actually. Um, the only thing that I feel like it's pretty cool and kind of wish they had back in our day was they call it the Duna. It's pretty much a um, very, very expensive car seat. Oh, that's the one that, that turns uh, into a stroller. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. Um, it's super lightweight. It literally just collapsed down. Um, of course, if you're a new age mama, you would know what they are. But it's like a. It's a um, it's like a mini stroller. It's a stroller. It kind of reminds me of like, like something like you would give your child to play with to right. play baby doll with. Yeah. So like back in our day, a mini stroller was a toddler stroller. They, they call it the umbrella stroller. Yeah. Um, that would be your lightweight stroller. And then after, you know, but before that, when they're still a baby, you would put them in a car seat and then a car seat will lock into a stroller, yeah. like a, a big girl stroller or boy stroller. <laughs> Yeah, so now they have them all in one. Now, the, now the downside to that is they still make them the way that we're used to having. Yeah. The downside to this stroller is it's strictly for just their smaller age. Yeah. Like you can't turn that into a toddler stroller, whereas the old school way you can. Um, so it's very expensive. After the, after the infant stage, is a gotta get rid. Of Most them. mamas say that you can use them for up to a year, depending how big your baby gets. Um, I would say on average, they probably are no use after maybe if I had to guess, like just size wise, I would say like eight or nine months for sure. Um, but to me, I I think like that actually is a really cool gadget because after, you know, that initial year, they're going to want to walk everywhere anyways. The only time you really need or should use a stroller is if like you're, like going for a, like a long walk or like amusement park or something like that. And you can just get like a, a umbrella stroller like we normally did, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing with the umbrella strollers, it doesn't have like the cup holder and all that stuff. So I guess that's where the other type of stroller comes into handy. But the thing about the Duna though is um, it's pretty pricey mm-hmm. for what it is. Um, but it resells very good from okay. what I hear. I mean, it's, it's made really well. Um, I'll put a picture of it on the Instagrams um, when I remember to after this episode. Um, what's what's the best thing you like? What's the best advice you could give a father to help a mother, a new newborn mother, mommy? So the advice is for the dad. Yes. Um. 
I feel like it's been ages since you and I had small babies and I'd, I'd never really felt like you didn't do your part, but I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of couples nowadays struggle with dads doing their part, meaning, um, like they just don't help enough with changing diapers or feeding or just even, you know, staying up all night because most of the time, um, your motherly instinct kicks in and as tired as you are, like most moms do it without thinking twice. Whereas the most motherly instinct, huh? It's a motherly instinct. Yeah. It's like, you can't, um, you know, even though you want that break, you just like, you know, I got it. I got it. But I feel like my advice to that is, um, just be, you know, initiative with offering help and don't make it seem like it's a, um, what is it like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, where you should be thankful that the dad's offering help, I feel like, or being appreciative, like the mom should not have to feel like they're thankful or appreciative of a dad offering help. That's something you should do automatically. I mean, it takes two to make the baby and it uh, takes two to raise it. If, if you guys are still together, I mean, granted, if some couples aren't together and single moms do, or dads have to raise the baby alone. That's one thing. But if you guys are a partner, um, just, I guess like, you know, just do more, you know, if you see the mom's tired, just take the baby away and just be like, I got, you know, him or her and, you know, go take a nap or, you know, like, or if you, you got to remember it's your baby as well. Yes. Yeah. It's your baby. I mean, I know moms are very possessive, especially if it's, um, first time moms, but there are some moms out there who are first-time moms who don't mind the help, yeah. you know. Um, and to me, we actually talked about this today because um, we have a client that um, came to or comes to the salon, and she is a new mother of twins. Mm. And um, they were definitely trying, but for one, not two. So when they found out they had two, it kind of flipped their world a little bit because they went from being super excited that they were expecting to super nervous that how can they do two, which yeah. is probably most couples who do have twins or triplets. Um, but that's what we were just saying is like, I know, you know, there are moms out there who have mom guilt. I bet 99% of the moms have mom guilt when they spend too much time to themselves. But the point of the story is she took a trip and, at first we were like, was it a work trip or for fun? And she said it was for fun. It's like a, her first trip away. And I think her kids are, or babies are nine months old now, maybe, or seven months, something like that. They're not a year yet. So I asked her, um, did you enjoy yourself or did you have mom guilt? And she says, oh no. She goes, I had a great time and it was much needed. And I missed my babies. I FaceTimed them, but I also needed that time away. Right. And there's a lot of moms who don't do that enough. Right. And um, and I just want to tell the new moms out there that it's okay if you want. Like, you shouldn't feel like you're a bad mom if you need some time to yourself. Well, part of me, I, I agree with that. And sometimes um, I think that mom guilt is one of them too. And then uh, I think another thing is... Um, you have to trust whoever you're giving your kid to, you know, like whoever's taking care of your child, whether it be, you know, 
an in-law or their mother or you know um the father you know like yeah i mean yeah be okay with your child being taken care of and you have to trust these people to you know it's like have your kid in good hands and i think um sometimes moms may not um give the these people that benefit of a doubt well yeah and then i'm i'm pretty sure she left her babies with her husband who has you know a wonderful mom and she has a wonderful mom and everyone probably <clears throat> stepped in because you I mean you got to think you left a guy with two you know babies that aren't even one yet i'm sure it's a lot of work um but yeah it's just i don't know like just feel i just feel like step up help more don't complain about it or don't feel like you need a pat on the back just because you stayed up one night with the baby or, and have more patience. I don't know. I guess it depends on age too. Like I feel like guys tend to lose their patience a little bit quicker than the moms. Now my sister did go through a moment where she was just so exhausted. She was very easily irritated when the baby was giving her a hard time. And, um, and I told her, you know, I'm like, babies can't talk, you know, their form of telling us something's wrong is to cry or whine or, you know, make noises. And, um, they wouldn't do so if something's not wrong with them, whether it's I'm hungry, I need to be changed. I'm tired. My belly hurt, like whatever it is. And it's our job to play the guessing game at this point, um, to figure that out. But once she approached the situation with a calmer and more, patient manner she was able to deal with like calm the baby better um I feel like babies can sense when you're agitated and then therefore you know they just aggravate you more and um and I can see it you know but if if because even with me whenever I do things for Leah um sometimes it's hard because she isn't my baby and I don't want to do anything to offend my sister or you know make her think that know what I do is right or wrong but um but I do feel like even if she's giving me the hardest time if I just stay calm about it and just you know approach her in a very calm manner she tends to calm down babies are to me kind of like dogs like in the the sense that you know dogs can't speak our language Um, they have their own language I'm sure Uh, but you know they can't communicate with you but they can still like sense your kind of like vibe or aura or emotion because like dogs have that sense of like knowing when you're not feeling well or when you're in a good mood or like even in the tone of like the way you talk to them or play with them like they know you know Um, and I think you know babies are kind of one and the same um but yeah that's good advice for guys like do your part as you should, you're the father. You um, help co-create this this being. So um, it is your duty as a father to do what you're supposed to. Um, what's what's something your mom did or didn't do uh, when raising you that you wanted to change with your own kids? Mm-hmm. Or is there anything? I mean, to be honest, like, I don't remember much um, before 
my parents' divorce. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel like whenever I think about my childhood or, you know, anything from the past, it always starts from when my parents were either going through a divorce or already divorced. So it was just, I don't know, maybe it's just like um, a memory block or, mm-hmm. or you, you know, some people just kind of tune things out. So, but bad. Yeah. And I don't think it was anything like traumatic, you know, like we didn't get beat or anything like that. I mean, I mean, divorce is pretty traumatic. Yeah. I think it was just traumatic in the, in the fact in a child's eyes, your family is literally falling apart. And, yeah. um, and I mean, shoot, it's hard for adults nowadays to accept that their parents are divorcing. I think, but, for, I think for me, it was always like line of communication and kind of openly being there for my my kids not saying that my dad or mom wasn't but one there's a language barrier and two they weren't as open or um that's all asian parents yeah because my mom was the same way and i was gonna say like i totally you know totally agree with that because i feel like with our kids we kind of make it a point to like ask them, you know, how they're doing, how's school, how's, you know, work life, I mean, not work life, but how's um, friend life and just anything in general they want to talk about. Our oldest does not open up much. Um, he seems like a pretty cool, chill, happy kid when you see him. But sometimes when you're talking to him and some of the things that he's saying, it almost feels like he has a lot of inner struggles. And I hate that we can't, not that we can't, but it just seems like we have a hard time getting him to open up about it. He doesn't want to talk about it. And I just hope that it's nothing serious enough to where he's needs help or or something. Because I would like, you know, I I would want us to be able to help him. Sure, that's kind of my fear with him as well. Um, And I, I mean, I always let him know that the door is open. Same thing with Ellie, you know, like doors always open for both of them and um but sometimes you know kids they get a certain age they're just like they don't want to and there's like no matter how open or cool you think you are or whatever like kids are always gonna be kids and you're just gonna be like you know like what do you know you know you're an adult or you're my, you're just my parent you don't know yeah. shit, you know well thankfully our kids hasn't given us that vibe mm-hmm. for the most part you know, I do feel like sometimes they're a little bit more friendly towards their friends' parents than they are us. Mm. But I can't honestly say that, you know, with Ellie, she, when she does honestly need some advice or help, you know, she does come to me and ask me. And I like that, you know, whether I say yes or no, she still, um, what she calls, shoot my shot. Yeah. You know, she, she knows that I'm the type, even when she was younger, if you ask me, can I have this toy? If I say not today, it means not today. If I say maybe later, it means maybe later. If I say yes, yes, no, it's no. Like there's no like secretive meaning behind the words. I'm not going to tell a kid, you know, not today. And then every time they ask, it's not today. You know, like it just means not today. Maybe next time. And then the next time we come, if she behaves or she does something to deserve it, then I'll treat her. And it to me, I think she's learned that, um, I'm true to my word. Like, so I don't do the whole, like my mom, the thing with my mom is like, and I'm sure a lot of my friends that I grew up with, 
can relate is um, we were scared to ask our parents for anything because the answer was always no. And we were just so quick to tell ourselves that that we didn't give them a chance to tell us yes or no. We just like, no, they're going to say no. You know, whether it's can I have a sleepover or can I go to a sleepover? Can I, you know, it was just always no. But sometimes it wasn't no. Yeah. But we just assume it because we were just so used to hearing it. I get my... My maybes are always no's, so I would be like, maybe, but in actuality, it's probably a no. Then why do you say maybe? No, I mean, maybe I'll reconsider one day, but most times I don't. Then that's a bad habit. <laughs> uh, well, that's giving false hope. Okay. Well, I like to give hope. False hope. <laughs> one that's, day. That's, that's, a, that's might, actually a negative energy. It might be a yes, though. No, if you if it's more of a no than a yes, then that's negative energy. So if if it's a no, then you should just say no. Fine, I'll say no. Um, yeah, enough kids and parenting advice. Um, uh, we'll go into uh, adult advice, relationship advice, whatever. Um, one thing we uh, we do a lot is watch date night movies, and um, uh, I swear one day I'm gonna do a podcast where me and you just recommend and give our takes and stuff on uh date nights or rom-com movies haven't figured out um but we watched a new movie on netflix called fair play um i thought it was pretty good um they had some really uh god you're really stupid moments um but i enjoyed it and it brought up uh, a topic that we talked about a lot and that's you know kind of being the breadwinner in a relationship but there were a bunch of topics that um could be discussed off of that movie once i thought about it um i enjoyed the movie a lot um did you like it i thought it was okay okay? i didn't love it but um it was okay yeah i mean imdb gave it like a 6.4 um i agree yeah it's i i would give it like a seven at least i thought it was good the the ending to me was great um kind of um but the general idea of the movie is uh, this couple uh, work for this, um, I guess it's like a brokerage. Stock market. Stock. Well, they work at a stock market, but they're called like brokers or whatever. But um, they. Oh, they help you invest. Yeah. They help people and they just help this company really make a shitload of money by moving money around. Um, and so they work for the same company and they, I guess they do like statistics and stuff like that. Um, but they have one initial person or two that makes moves and makes the calls to buy, sell, trade, whatever. Did they call them PMs? PMs. Did you def- look up what that means? I'm guessing something mover, <laughs> um, personal mover. I'll say that. Um, but they work for this company together. And, um, in the beginning movie, one of the guys, one of the, the PMs get fired. And so they're thinking that, they could have a shot at this promotion. Um, his girlfriend hears through the grapevine, like um, water, water cooler talk that uh, he could be in line for it. And so she goes home, tells him, and uh, they celebrate thinking that he would get the promotion. And uh turns out that she gets the promotion instead. Um, and she pretty much becomes her boss and yes. or his boss. Yeah. She becomes his boss and uh, kind of puts the uh, relationship um, on a bind uh, throughout the movie. And um, to me, 
uh, it, like I said, it, it brought up a lot of great topics. Um, and for us, it's always like I said in the beginning is a breadwinner topic that we've always talked about. I mean, to me, it, it never really mattered who made more money. I think we we were always like, as long as we both did our part, um, for the longest time, I've made a, a good bit less than you, but I also brought benefits and stuff to our family. And um, we both did our part. I, I just now, kind of recently, made decent or probably close to what you make. I don't know. Um, but you're also on a commission type pay, so uh, it kind of fluctuates. Um, so, uh, we, we always talk about, it didn't matter who made the most money, but like, how, how would you feel if I was your boss at your job? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good thought, right? Like to me, like, I, I, I don't know if how I could, like, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like I would have a very hard time uh, being professional, for sure. Yeah, that, for sure. Because you'll be, like, uh, in trouble for harassment all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I think in this movie, too, it was, I don't know if it was against the policy. Where yeah, they so let me explain, because you skipped a lot of things. Okay, well, he's going to break so, it So, in the movie, the couple is um, secretly dating. It's against the policy to um, have, um, I guess, personal relationship, like sexual relationship, I guess, with your coworkers. And in the movie, it showed that they were already two years into this secret relationship, which is, um, I guess, hot for most people. You know, you act like you don't know each other at work and you maybe give each other the looks, the flirt or whatever. Come that home. part was sexy. Yeah. And they come home, you know, they have... Great sex all the time. I mean, it seems like they have sex everywhere. But then um, the energy change when she got promoted. Therefore, I think he felt less masculine. Mm -hmm. So he said he was super happy with her for her. But he also, the way he acted did not match the, the words that he said. Right. Um, so therefore, their um, intimacy and their personal relationship was falling apart because their sexual relationship was no longer there. Mm -hmm. um, he was too much in his head about, you know, having her yeah. as his boss. And it I don't know if it's because she... So do you think he had too much pride? I, okay, so if we're talking about just in the movie and not real life, um, I think that he was jealous. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, spoil alert, obviously we're telling you every detail about this movie, but Not um, but in the movie you can tell that he never wanted anything, anything more in his whole entire life but to be like the man who owned that company, yep. right? So to see that his just now, you know, fiancé that he just proposed to surpassed him. And it's now making, you know, who knows how much more than what he's making because her first commission check was half a million dollars. Yeah. Um, but I think he was 
more jealous than he was, I think, an ego thing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like in the movie, it portrayed that not only did um, he seem like he worked so hard to get where he's at or to be better, but also um, to hear things about his fiance, you know, how she's close with the big dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. To hear people I think, talk. I think part of the jealousy was, like you said, like, he almost like, hey, you took my position. That was mine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, know, and he, he literally came out and said it. Yeah. So to me, I felt like it was more being jealous than it was being, an, you know, an ego thing. But yeah. obviously, it affected his ego, too, because he couldn't get hard for her, yeah. you know, and that became a problem. And there's, um, throughout the movie, there was, there's a lot of uh, mental abuse. Um, they didn't really get f- physical till the end. Uh, the end, end. I can't say end. Um, <laughs> but mentally, this guy, he, he really fucked with her a lot. Um, like like you said, he he let the job change really affect him mentally, but he also um, let it affect her by making like like certain comments like about how she dresses and how she asserts herself and stuff like that to make her second guess the way she carried herself at work mm-hmm. and it affected her job and um do you do you think in the movie like he was doing that intentionally oh yeah in a for sure. manner? at first you weren't sure if he was on her side like i said once you watch the whole thing that's how you know, I felt like it was more jealousy than anything, but I felt like he did that um, to maybe in hopes of ruining the career setting for her. her up. Yeah, and setting her up. Um, but also at the same time, he acted like he still wanted to marry her yeah. at one point. So my that was my thing that I couldn't understand was obviously the relationship was falling apart and it's because she's got this promotion and he can't seem to be happy for her, but yet they're so-called moving forward with this engagement in maybe planning a wedding. And it's like, y'all, I don't, at this point, I don't even know if you guys are dating, you yeah. know? <laughs> so like in the, the mentality part, part of it, I, I don't want to ruin the ending because I want people to watch it. It is fairly new. Um, so you guys do check this movie out, especially with a significant other or spouse or whatever, because it, it raises a lot of good topics. Um, one of, one of the things that he did to, to kind of fuck with her mentally or really just insult her um, was accusing her of sleeping to get the position uh, that she got. And um, because in the beginning of the movie, she got called at what, like 3 a.m. to go meet. Two in the morning, like two or in, the one morning in the morning, to go morning. meet uh, the boss or whatever. These are New Yorkers, by the yeah. way. They don't sleep. Yeah, well, especially in the stock market world, I guess. I know, I know there are certain times where you know things open up and you got to make moves or whatnot. Um, but so she goes and meets this guy at a bar and uh, she tells her about the promotion and stuff. And uh, so he initially accuses her of you know sleeping her way to get this promotion. Um, like if say like if if I said that. Oh, you got a promotion because you slept with the boss. Or if I just 
initially accused you of cheating, like how how would you react to that, knowing that that's not what actually uh, happened? Very badly, and I would have left your ass. Like she should have left his ass. <laughs> Multiple times, really. Yes. Um, if you like, if we were together, I mean, this is two years, okay? Granted, like two years to some people, that's still fairly new, but. For an adult relationship, two years is a long time yeah. because, I mean, you're not teenagers. You kind of know what you want. So for your spouse to jump to that conclusion um, when you tell them you got a promotion, I mean, that to me speaks very low of you, you know, and. Um, but I feel like that night he thought that the guy made a move on her and she goes, no, 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 nothing happened. Yeah. But a coworker which is a bunch of guys. She's like one of the only females there. And she's not, you know, she's she's pretty. And um, a lot of the guys were just, you know, snickering and making those comments because she happens to be one of the only females or very few. I didn't see very many. Yeah. Um, and she's the one that got the raise. So, of course, as a man, you got surpassed. So to make yourself feel better, you feel like instead of she, you know, working hard or is very smart or, mm. you know, making good, good calls, like instead of looking on her track record of what type of worker, she work, is. yeah, worker she is, your, your first, you know, insinuation is, oh, she, she just left her way through it, which it does happen a lot, yeah. but. I think that was part of him, like you said earlier, like he was kind of demasculized, I guess, I don't know if that's a word. But, but to make him feel more masculine, that's probably what he had to tell himself. Yeah, and it, and and of course, you know, when you work with a bunch of dudes and that's all they do is snicker about it, it's like it's hard not to want to think that way. But if you ask her and she says no, then you should have been on her side. But the downside is, it's like so this relationship at work is supposed to be non-existent. So yeah. she, he can't technically defend her at work because he's not supposed to be seeing right. her at work. But at home, it's different. You know, he still questions her a lot, I right. guess. Uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things like, well, I, I feel like you would always tell me like, if I, if I wanted to cheat on you, I would have been done it or something like that. Like, you know, I, already, I would already do it. Or like, why I got to cheat on you? If I don't want you, I'm just going to leave, you know? Um. And to me, I think a lot of people always say, like, well, if you think I'm a cheat, I might as well do it anyways then, you know? Yeah. If you're already thinking it, I might as well do it. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and I, I kind of wanted your opinion on that, like, if you, if you got a promotion like that and a lot of the big wigs or higher-ups are guys, um, so they take her out to celebrate, like, a, a big deal that she, she made happen – and um, they're like, hey, let's go get drinks or whatever. And so, you know, one of the guys, you know, jokingly said, recommended a a strip club, um, not thinking that she would say, yeah, let's go to a strip club, you know, because she's a female and they're all dudes. And uh, but she's like, fuck it, let's go. And so um, how, how do you think you would handle like that? Like a boy's boy's night or boy's outing between a bunch of guys. Okay, well, gonna backtrack a little bit. Do you know why she said yes? I can't remember. Okay. She didn't want to go out and celebrate at all. She wanted to move out of their rinky-dink apartment 
and go apartment shopping with him. But instead of making her feel like 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 she did a great accomplishment or whatever, he punished her by like not talking to her. Mm-hmm. And so she was like not celebrating her victory. Yes. And that's why she did it. I remember she did it in a uh in vindictive manner in in a spiteful reason, but I forgot why. Yeah. So that was why. So she, you know, she was excited. She made the right call because he wanted he advised her to do something different. Yeah, he he wanted her to do something semi against the law, which is like insider trading, because he knew a guy from another company who told him, Hey, this might happen. And technically it was kind of researchable on the internet through forums, but it was still insider trading and illegal. So you can't do that. And so she went the right route. Well, I think she was considering it, but once again, he punishes her by, you know, um, I think she was sexually frustrated and she's just like, okay, maybe we just need to have sex to kind of like get rid of this awkward tension or whatever. And, um, he still wasn't feeling her. So, once again, she did it out of spite. She went with her call versus um, what he wanted her to do, Which, even though she was considering only for the fact that she was trying to please him. Yeah. Which she made the right call because she still went with her judgment, which was the smart thing. Yeah. Her judgment was the winning call. And it ended up um, making back what she lost the company by making another call based on him. But um, but to answer your question, I don't. I mean, like I'm not her, uh, obviously. And, um, well, yeah, but like if if you had to go say, right. I mean, if I if I had to go celebrate, I would have went with the first choice, which was just you know out for drinks. Yeah. But the only reason why she entertained the strip club is because she was trying to get back at him. Right. Um, I mean, if if it were me, I wouldn't have done that because. No, I don't want to be in a strip club. Well, also, the, the part that I kind of, not, well, I don't want to say reference or just, like, think of is, like, you know, she was in a very, like, awkward situation where they were telling, like, some very, like, I guess, awkward or lewd jokes that, you know, didn't sit well with her. And instead of just, like, being the quote-unquote prude or whatever because she's, you know, not one of the boys who... She turned it up a notch and, you know, like, took more shots and started, you know, throwing money at the strippers, you know, to try to fit in with them. That's that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, would you try to fit in with them to kind of be part of that circle? Or would you? I didn't. So I didn't see that she was trying to fit in. Really? I saw it more as she was trying to change the subject. Mm. Um, I felt like she was uncomfortable. I mean, obviously, the story was not very funny. Yeah. Um, they laughed about it, you know, whatever. But I also think she was, you know, frustrated in her personal situation. Um, and so she just used that as a way to, like, you know what? Let's just have fun. We're in a strip club. You know, what are we here for? Might as well pay for the dancers, you know, and just turn it up. So, of course, once you have a little too much alcohol, you know, things get out of hand. So I guess she got a little wild or whatever based yeah. on one of the other workers. He had photos, but we still don't know what she really did except for maybe pay for lap dances. Maybe she made out with a girl, who knows? But I didn't see it as if she was trying to fit in. 
I saw as like she's doing these things because she's being rejected. So it's her way of trying to um make herself feel better. You know what I mean? Like she's being rejected by the one person she wants the support from, by the one person she wants the love from. And here she is having to like pretty much fake it with all these other people. What okay, here's here's my question to you. Um watching that movie, there's so many moments where we were like, man, I would have wouldn't do that. I would have been left you or whatever that like Yeah. What what would be your your tipping point in all of that? Like just not having any support, the rejection of sex, like what what would your your point be like? This ain't fucking working. Like I'm I'm getting out of here. Um I mean he was pretty unsupportive from the get go, but I get it, you know, like when it first started he was just like, um, you know, you could tell, like, as a female, if you surpass your significant other, you might feel a little bad. And you're like, okay, let me try to make it up to you, you know, sexy it up a little bit, whatever. But once he started turning her down, um, which this is coming from someone who isn't all about sex, okay? So, but once he started making her feel like he couldn't sexually be attracted to her, I think that was her, that that should have been her cue to leave. The fact that um, no matter how much she tried to, you know, be whatever towards him. Like do, you, he just, do you think that's more hurtful for guys or girls? Like, like if I was, you know, trying to be, you know, have sex with you and you're like, no, I'm not in the mood, da, da, da. Um, and I turn you down with... Do you think that would hurt me more or would it hurt you more if I turned you down when you were in the mood? Wait, what? The question is... The, the question is, like, who who would it affect more? Like, a guy getting shot down or a girl getting shot down? Okay, so in the movie, she was being shot down. Yeah. Okay, so you're asking um, between me and you. Yeah. Okay. Not the movie, just... In general, in general. Like, who do you think it affects more, women or men? Um, I guess it depends on the um, effort that was made. I mean, if you're just jokingly saying, hey, baby, I want some or, you know, just whatever. And that person's just like, no, not tonight. I'm tired. I don't think I would be um, hurtful about that. But there is a scene in the movie where it got pretty you know, whatever, and he just couldn't, you know, and she almost had to force herself on him, and he still couldn't. I don't, I don't know, I feel like to me that was a little hard, too. Um, I guess it just depends on how much the effort was made. If it was, like, how she was, like, full-on effort, you know, putting in a lot of effort and all that, and she kept repeatedly getting turned down, then, yeah, I think, you know, of course that's pretty hurtful, but, um, same thing for a guy, right? So, like... But you're just saying, in general, it doesn't matter what's... I don't, yeah, I don't think it matters. I feel like it depends on who's making the more effort to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it depends also on um, how often you're getting rejected. Now, if it's been a long week, a stressful week, and, you know, said person isn't in the mood and the other person is, 
you know, if they went above and beyond to try to get you in the mood and it just didn't work, I mean, yeah, it's going to be hurtful either way, whether it's the female or the male. Um, but if it's just like I say, like just jokingly, you know, saying, oh, yeah, I want you, but you ain't do nothing, then yeah. what's there to be heard about? You know what I mean? All right. Get it. Do you? Yeah. Okay. As well. Um, me. <laughs> You're the crybaby, so what you say? Wow. Um, I, I actually think guys probably hear it more often than girls. Of course, I don't. I know there's some women with higher higher sex drives too, but for the most part, I always feel like guys are always the one like they're ready to go. So, like they, you know, it, it takes nothing for them to be horny. You know, you know, girls aren't that way. You know, and so guys probably get shot down more than than girls do. And so to me, sometimes it, it doesn't hurt them as much. Whereas like girls who may not, you know always want sex or something like that i feel like the moment they do want sex or are like horny or whatever and they get shot by shot down by their the guy then to me that's more mentally affect you know affected affecting them than it would a man you know i mean yeah i feel like in that situation yes for sure i guess i guess it could go either way it depends on the sex drive then yeah right so like if if you you have a, a significant other who has a high sex drive, then and all of a sudden you want some in return, and that high sex drive person says no, then you yeah, of course you. I mean, it's gonna it. hurt either yeah. way, whether you're female or male is what I'm saying. It just depends on the effort that's made. Right. So, but but you're right. If if um if you're the type who you know wants it all the time and your spouse doesn't, and so if you're often told no, but not necessarily like. I wouldn't say like a bad way, but you know, like I say, just if if all you do is a little rubby rub, touch touch, that's to me is not that much effort to try to get someone in the mood. That's just showing you, or showing them like, hey, I want to do something. But if you actually went above and beyond to do things and then get shot down, yes, it's hurtful either way. Mm. Um, but that's that goes back to like the whole like just like saying, hey, I want some, or hey, I want you. Yeah. That that's. That's insinuating that you want it, but that's not putting in the effort. And therefore, your feelings shouldn't get hurt if you didn't put in a lot of effort into trying to what get if, some. What if you send suggestive memes all day? Okay, well, I mean, that, that you have done that. <laughs> I still do. I send you suggestive okay. memes every day. Exactly. But then when I come home, what happened? <laughs> not all That's the time. you. Whatever. Um... Wow, you really like to hurt a guy. I'm just. You're, I think you're. I think I'm being mentally abused right now. <laughs> Somebody hey, help. You don't uh, ask questions you don't want to hear the answer to. Yeah. Well, whatever. What does it say? Uh, seeking the truth hurts. Sometimes. Depends what you're looking for. Um. But yeah. Uh. The, to me, the the movie was good. The I. Uh, I really. Like before the ending, something stupid really happened, um, which I thought was very dumb. I don't want to ruin it. I was it. gonna say, are you gonna tell them everything? No, like I'm not gonna ruin that part. Um, it was very dumb, but then the ending to me made up for that dumb, dumb part. Um, and it was kind of a flashback to something that happened in the beginning. Um, but don't let him confuse you. Yeah, no, uh, you you just have to watch it. I I think uh, as a couple, it's it's a good date night movie. 
And um, the ending is like, I, th- I thought the ending was good. Are you talking about the scene, the bathroom scene before the ending? Yes, that part was stupid. And then how was it stupid? I just I I don't want to talk about it. I'll tell. I mean, I I'll talk about it with you. I don't think stupid is the right word though. It's from a female's perspective. Well, no, not not the act that happened. The fact that she let it happen. Oh yeah, is then the stupid yeah. Part. Um. Yeah. The no. The the act itself is uh, horrible, which it kind of. But how? But sometimes, like um. Anyways, we can talk about that off. Yeah. Off mic. Um, but the the ending to me made up for it. Um, but definitely check that out. It is called Fair Play. It just came out, I think, like this month or last month on Netflix. Um, no one that I know is in it. Um, except for, uh, the boss, which is I forgot his act the actor's name, but he I know him from Ray Donovan. He plays Ray Donovan's like brother who can't box anymore or whatever but uh definitely check that out good date night movie um good topics today kids relationship advice um you i don't don't know if i could ever handle you being my boss you're already my boss in the house and uh sometimes in the bedroom but not really um only in my mind and in my heart (laughs) in your heart (laughs) oh in my dreams anyways um yeah so quick thing before we leave uh going into thanksgiving give me something that you're thankful for um everything that i have kids family my doggies i guess Uh, Um, definitely uh i mean it's not our new home anymore we've actually been here for a little while but um always super thankful for this home because as much memories as we made in the old home it's something about you know being able to get where we are today something to be proud of yeah because you know that everything we've gone through and the work that we put in to get what we have now um yeah i kind of agree and for me it's i'm thankful and grateful for just everything um and trying to just live that life of gratefulness and uh, be happy. And I think if I'm not thankful for what I have, then I will never be happy. So I am very thankful for what I have. Um, everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Don't forget to check the social media. I will put the uh, little um, walker care. <laughs> Car seat. It's a car seat turn stroller. Car seat stroller auto autobot thing. The Duna. The Duna into the Instagrams. But um, why though? Why? So people can see what it is. Everyone knows what it is, but us. Not everybody. What? If I put a survey out and say, "Hey, do you know what a Duna is?" Uh, people are I mean, that. guys won't, but mamas do. Okay. Well, that guys make up probably fifty percent of the population or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, hit me up in the DMs uh, for any topic or guest suggestions. Um, and yeah, everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Eat all the foods. Enjoy all the foods. Enjoy your family. Enjoy creating those memories. Um, don't forget to check on your friends. But more importantly, don't forget to check on yourself. Peace. Oh, bye. <laughs>